0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated it PG-13. It is so awesome to be here on Listen app. Be able to talk to you. And we're going to have some fun because uh, I really miss doing live shows. I miss having interaction with people like yourself. And so we got so much going on with the start of the NFL and college football season. And before you know it, basketball and hockey, you got the baseball pennant races. So it's a great opportunity to be able to talk to you via Listen app. And I'm so happy that you have joined me on my inaugural show And if you want to come on with me, you can see the hand at the bottom of the app right there on your screen. You just hit that and then I will put you on and we can have some interaction and have a lot of fun. I've said this and I've said this a lot on my podcast. The one thing that I have missed the most since leaving Sacramento and not being able to do my radio show, I've missed the interaction that I have with my callers because I've really felt over 26 years, that we were one. You know, you would tune in every day and listen to me, and yet I would take phone calls, and we would have the banter back and forth. And even though maybe I didn't know you individually, I felt like I knew you the same way that you felt that you knew me just because we used to talk together for four hours every day on the radio. And I greatly have missed that. And so when Listen App became available and I did a test run last week, I was like, you know what? This is going to be perfect for me. This is exactly what I need because I've got my fans and others that have found out about me in the last 15 or 16 months. You know, I have a place that you can come and join me each and every day. So I am pumped. I'm really excited for today. I'm excited to reconnect with my audience. You know, I got asked a lot about... The situation that I've gone through over the last, you know, 15 or 16 months, and I've talked very openly on my podcast. And if you have not had a chance to check out my podcast, it's easy to do. It's the same as this. If you don't like that with Grant Napier. And I and I have to tell you that I've really enjoyed coming to South Florida because nobody knows me here. And I forgot what it was like to be kind of like a private person again because in Northern California and particularly in Sacramento, I mean, everybody knows me because I've been on TV for 32 years and I've been talking on the radio for 26 years and coming here to South Florida, I've met so many, I mean so many phenomenal people that had no idea who I was or what I did. They didn't know what happened to me and my background and, you know, cancel culture and everything else. And, it's been just absolutely amazing. And anyone that's listened to me on the radio for 26 years, you know, I don't put people in the categories. I, I just don't. I don't, I don't, you know, to me, we're all the same and I've always lived my life that way. That's the way I was raised. So I don't really care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't matter to me. It's never mattered to me. The only thing that has mattered to me is having good dialogue. And are you a good person or are you not a good person? That's how I judge people in my life. You're either a good person or you're not. And there were a lot of bad people in all different types of ethnicities. All right. There were bad white people. There are bad black people, bad Asian. I mean, you know, that just as much as I do. And I don't really understand Why? so many people have a difficult time getting along with someone that doesn't look like them or doesn't sound like them. And I've tried to really approach that on my podcast and coming down to South Florida, you know, I've met, it's just amazing because this is really a melting pot down here. I relayed the story of uh, a, a young man that I met at an outdoor restaurant at a place called Bayside in downtown Miami. And, Roberto was his name. And I got a chance to talk to Roberto. And, you know, from going there over the couple of months, I found out that he was from Cuba and that he has a wife and two kids and that he wanted to become an American citizen. And he talked about the efforts of becoming an American citizen. And I hadn't seen him in about a month. And so I'm sitting outside and I'm having lunch and Roberto comes on duty to work. And he walks right over to me, show you something. I go, okay. I go, how you been, man? I haven't seen you. We start chatting. And he goes, I want to show you something. And he shows me a picture of him standing in front of either city hall or wherever you do that. I didn't know, but it was a, it was a, you know, a, a, a building and he's got an American flag in his hand. And I stand up and I give him a hug. And I said, welcome to America and welcome to the United States and everything that it can bring you. And he said to me, he goes, I am so happy. He goes, I want to work hard. He goes, my next goal is to buy a house in five years with a pool so my kids can go swimming. And then he said, and I didn't become an American citizen because I want a handout. He goes, I came here because I want to work. And he goes, I want to be in this country, and I want to work. And I started tearing up, and he teared up, and we embraced, and I took a picture with him, and then I put it on social media, and I just said, this young man just became a U.S. citizen, and he is so freaking happy to be here. And I've met so many amazing people down here in south florida and all of my friendships now started from the ground floor because nobody knew who i was and do i miss sacramento yes i miss sacramento i miss all of the people there i mean i was there for 33 years i miss sacramento a lot my best friends in life my two sons trent and chase are there and yes, it was. I moved to Sacramento in July of 1987. But what I have missed more than anything is talking to you. I have missed not having that opportunity. And when I was ridiculously fired from KHTK, and after 26 years of being as loyal as you can be, didn't take sick days. You know, did shows on the road, came home at three in the morning, four in the morning, said, I got to go to work. Never, never bitch, never complain. I showed up every day. You know, we would get into arguments on the phone or if the Giants lost to the 49ers in the playoff game or whatever, if I had made a prediction and it came wrong, I made sure I was on the radio the next day at three o'clock, every single day, all right? Even when I had my leg operated on for a malignant tumor back in 1996, okay, I could not go to work and I made sure that I could still do the show from the bed when I got out of the hospital in my home because I did not want to miss shows. And so I had the radio station come and set up so that I could broadcast from home because I wouldn't be able to go to work for a couple of weeks. So yeah, I loved my job. I love my job. But what I love more than anything was talking to you. And that was taking away from me. And I haven't had this type of an opportunity since last, well, two Mays ago. So I'm happy as heck. And if you wanna come on with me, you see the hands right on your screen, you just touch that hand, we'll get you on, and we will have some banter like we did in the good old days. Now, I know a lot of people are listening, and they want me to talk about my experience and what happened. Listen, I will never apologize for saying all lives matter, every single one, because that's how I was raised. That's how I was raised in my church. That's how my dad raised me. My dad was a civil rights activist. My dad made it known at a very early age that we did not discriminate. That was not going to ever be accepted in my family. That's the, that is the fabric of my dad's life it's who my brother and i are you know i mean not not to go off on a tangent my brother was a double major at one of the top colleges in new york he was a brain he was smart as a whip he was unbelievable he majored in both math and economics at union college in new york and graduated with a 4.0 grade point you know what my brother did when he graduated from college he went and taught math at a high school, in a low-income neighborhood on Long Island, where 96% of, I believe 90, I think it's 96 now, I think when he was there was 90, so 90% of the student body at the school that he taught math in was either Hispanic or Black, all right? That's what my brother did until he retired three years ago. Again, I started my foundation in the early 2000s for pretty much based on the way I was raised that you would always try to help out and do things to make your community better. And so that's how I lived my life. That's how I live my life every day, even to this day. And to be like fired because I put on social media, all lives matter. Every single one is like, is there re- Are there really people in the United States of America that don't believe all lives matter, every single one? Now, I will admit that the timing of my tweet could have been a lot better in retrospect. And I'm, I have my hand in the air and say, hey, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for the timing of my tweet, okay? But I'm not sorry because I believe that all lives matter, every single one. I mean, who doesn't believe that? Do you really... Are there people that don't believe that? You know, and that, uh, and again, I say the timing of my tweet because it was a week or two after the murder of George Floyd. But what did George Floyd's brother say after Derek Chauvin was sentenced for the murder of George Floyd? What did George's brother say? He said, yes, Black Lives Matter, but all lives matter, right? That's what he said. What did Adam Silver say before game one of the NBA finals this year about the Rachel Nichols saga at ESPN? He admonished ESPN and said, wait a minute, you let this fester for a year and you didn't do anything about it, and now we're at this point? That's pretty much what he said. And then he said, you know, nobody should lose their job over a single comment. Well, I did. And then he said, a body of work needs to be looked at. A person's body of work should be looked at. Mine wasn't. So, you know, I, if I sound bitter, I'm not really bitter. I was bitter. I'm. I'm not bitter today. I am. Like, really, that that, that that's still in. A, that can happen. That a person can literally have their career over. For all lives matter, every single one. And yet, I can sit here and go on and on and on about members of the media that are working today that have just done things that are like, I mean, look at Stephen A. Smith at ESPN. He makes fun of the names of the Nigerian basketball team, then makes a comment about Shohei Otani that upsets the Asian community and upset a lot of people. He comes out and he makes an apology Did nothing happen to him? Was he even suspended for a day? Nope. Nothing happened to him. I mean, I can go on and on and on and list many, many examples. We live in a society of double standards. I get that. Life isn't fair. I get that. But you know what is fair? Me being able to come on an app like this, and I'm going to try to do it every day at the same time, and we are going to be able to converse, and we're going to be able to talk. And all you need to do is hit that button at the bottom of your screen that looks like a hand. And you can come right on and we can pick up where we left off almost a year and a half ago. And we'll talk football and when we get to basketball season, you know, we'll talk about the Kings and we'll talk about, you know, everything else. Okay? Because to me, that's what I miss. I miss talking to you. I'm happy that I had this opportunity. I'm happy that you have taken the time. To join me. And so, why don't we take some phone calls? Because that's what I'm here for. Zach, you are going to lead us off here on Listen App. You are my first ever person to join me. How are you, Zach? Good. How are you, Grant? Zach, I am doing good, my friend. It's good to hear your voice.
1: It's definitely been a long time. I'm glad this is a, a, a new platform. I, I'm just getting used to it right now, and it's pretty cool that you're using it and um, I hope you continue using it for, for a while. I mean, it's, it looks pretty unique and, it, and it's fun. You can interact with people. Uh, I think it's a, it'll be a good platform for you.
0: Well, it is a good platform for me, and I'm very happy that you found this, and uh, it's great to be able to reconnect. You know, I mean, it's been too long, Zach, right? It's been too long. It's been almost a year and a half. It's time to reconnect with my fans and the audience and how much I miss everybody.
1: Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I miss talking sports with you. Uh, I miss listening to your, um, you know, live uh, shows and everything. So this will be fun. Um, uh, So is it pretty much you talking about anything for sports related and
0: yeah sports related and listen if there's a hot topic in social media or whatever i'm happy to go in that direction so yeah it's an open forum but you know it's primarily going to be sports zach i mean that's what i am i'm a sportscaster i'm not i'm not anything other than a sportscaster but you know we can pass life lessons along then i'm happy to do that as well
1: right on uh yeah i mean i was just gonna bring up some ben simmons talk if that's uh that's cool yeah go
0: ahead yeah what Uh, do you want to know
1: yeah, so I mean, uh, I've been thinking about this for a while. Should Ben Simmons come to Sacramento? Do I want him? I definitely don't want to be trading Fox or Tyrese. Um, you know, if it's a package for Mitchell, uh, Buddy, you know Bagley, and maybe a first-round pick, the, that four for Simmons and whatever, I might do it um, because I think that's it, it is. A, I think it's worth the the risk a little bit. The one thing I'm always uh, worried about is. Will he come with a bad mood? You know, it's it's not like a a hot uh, city for him. And I don't know. But I, then I always think, does he even have an option? You know, he, he has to get. Yep. He, he to doesn't play. have an
0: option. He doesn't have an option. Chris Webber had the same mood and, you know, turned around and the rest is history. Uh, and thanks for the call, Zach. I'm going to put you back in the audience and I'll answer it this way. I will just say that the Kings are in a position where they're still, in my opinion, today, not a playoff team. Simmons is a three-time All-Star He's a two-time first-team all-defensive player. Yes, he can't shoot. I understand that. I am not a fan of guys that can't shoot. But if I can work out a deal, if I can work out a deal to get Ben Simmons without giving up Fox, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that move. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I'm going to figure out how to roll the dice. Because to me, if you're going to ever get to be a playoff team, We know the Sacramento Kings are not. You got to roll the dice, right? You got to make things happen. You got to take a chance every now and then. So let's see what happens. I'm trying to get Cameron up. I can't get um, uh, him on. So Cameron, I don't know if you don't have your uh, mic muted or what have you, but as soon as we can, I'll I'll be happy to get you on. Uh, But, you know, back to Zach and back to the Kings. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in, what, 15 years? I mean, at what point are they going to figure out a way to make a bold move? You're know, you you can not not a playoff team if you don't have an all-star. Well, they don't have an all-star on their team. I mean, I can't predict the future. People will say, well, De'Aaron Fox is going to be an all-star. Well, I don't know if De'Aaron Fox is going to be an all-star. He's not an all-star yet. I mean, he's still very young. He's still in the early stages of his career. You know, people say Tyrese Halliburton. I don't see Tyrese Halliburton being an all-star. I think he can be a good NBA player, but I don't see him becoming an all-star. That's just me. So, you know, you have to look at this and say, hey, what are you going to do to become a playoff team? You're just going to, like, try to draft players every year and hope they turn out to be really, really good? You know, you got to get a free agent here. you got to make a bold move. You know, you have to roll the dice. You know, look at what the Golden State Warriors did. Think of, talking about rolling the dice. Before the Warriors became good, right? Before the Warriors became good, what did they do? They took their best player. Hey, Cameron, are you there? I'm there. Can you hear me, Grant? Hey, I can hear you. I'll finish my thought in a minute, but you've been patient enough, so I want to get to you. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. It's great to hear your voice, to be honest with you. I don't have a whole lot. Um, I guess just two quick bullet points, man. I wish I could hug you it sucks what they did to you i've celebrated every failure boogie has had since that day and the content on Kjk is embarrassing that's all i gotta say i miss right. you i can't wait to get this thing rolling and listening to you every day there's finally something to do in the afternoon that's not not uh you know i don't need to tell you i think you have an idea yep thank you cameron i really appreciate it man thanks very much hey thank you very much you know i would point out i'm going to finish my thought on the golden state warriors yeah, you know, I don't really have anything against DeMarcus Cousins. You could anyone could have asked me what I thought of BLM, and I would have answered it the same way. It had nothing to do with like trying to be mean or wise or you know anything. I just I believe all lives matter, every single one. Anyone in the world could have tweeted me that, and that's how I would have responded. Like again, I don't. I'm never going to apologize for saying all lives matter, every single one. And I put every single one in capital letters with three with three exclamation points. There's a reason why I did that because that's how I was raised, that's what I believe in. Every life matters, you know? I mean, every single one. Uh, Back to my Warriors comment, thanks Cameron, and if you want to get on with me, just hit the hand at the bottom of your screen. The, The Warriors, before they became good, they made a trade, and they traded Monte Ellis. And I remember the Warriors fans were livid, and they were up in arms. But you know what? That ended up being the start of the run for the Golden State Warriors. They made that move. And from that point forward, they started to ascend. And look at where they are. Look where they were. Look what that move did to set the wheels in motion for the Golden State Warriors. So if I'm looking at this from Sacramento's perspective, I think they got to be bold. I think they have to make a move. I think Jeff Petrie was very bold when he traded the King's very best player, best player in franchise history to that point, Mitch Richmond. And he traded him to Washington for Chris Weber. And Chris didn't even report. He wasn't going to report. His dad had to talk him into it. And then, as we all know, Chris decided to stay here. So I, I don't I'm not worried about trading for a player. That has multiple years left on the deal. Ben Simmons has three years left on his deal. Now, there are some things that concern me. You know, the negative comments that I've heard from players that have played with him, although Joel Embiid came out and supported him the other day and said he loves playing with Ben. You know, that that concerns me. But I would also tell you I've done this a long time, and I'm not right all the time. But in this particular instance, my my experience has been that when you're young and you go through adversity, And you're shown the door, like Ben Simmons, I think, is gonna be shown the door. Maybe you change, maybe you maybe you have a different outlook on things. So, you know, that's all part of it. That's all part of it. But if I'm Sacramento, I am clearly looking to make a bold move. All right, if you want to get on with me, hit the hand at the bottom of your screen. We'll get you on, we'll have some talk, we'll converse. Uh, Really good hearing from a couple of people already. Uh, We're going to talk college football. We're going to talk the NFL. How about the college games over this past weekend? How about all the fans and attendance? It's so great to see, you know, people together again. And I'm not even going to get into whether you're vaccinated or whether you're not. It was just great to see stadiums full. You know, that Georgia defense. I just did a TV show or an internet show with Sean Salisbury. We were talking about that Georgia defense and just he he thinks it's the reminder of <laughs> the 85 Chicago Bears defense, which to me is the greatest defense in the history of football for one year. But you got Alabama rolling over Miami. How about UCLA beating LSU and, uh, you know, other college football? But Thursday, it gets underway with Dallas at Tampa and due to COVID rules. And listen, Peter King wrote about this in his column on Monday about COVID. And I'm with Peter. I think that COVID – is going to have an impact that is significant in the National Football League this year. And all you need to do is look at the Dallas Cowboys and Zach Martin. Because without Martin, that Cowboys offensive line is nowhere near as good. That is a big-time loss. You know, when you take one of the very best offensive linemen in football and you remove him from the lineup. And this is going to be an ongoing deal. All right? And here's the other issue particularly on bye weeks, when players are free for three or four days and the coaches let them leave, and by let them leave, I mean they're, they're free to, to you know go where they want. Yeah, you better be very careful. And, again, I'm not even going to get into vaccinated, not vaccinated. Now, that's – what am I going to say about that? I, I personally, if I'm on a football team and I'm with 53 other guys, yeah, I'm getting vaccinated, okay? I'm getting vaccinated. I'm not going to tell someone they absolutely have to get vaccinated because that's not really my, it's not what I do. I'm vaccinated. I don't have any problem saying that I'm vaccinated. I have no problem being vaccinated, but if I were on a a team, clearly I, I believe that I would get vaccinated without even thinking twice about it. Look at all the players in preseason, you know, whether it was Kirk cousins, whether it was Lamar Jackson, you know, I can go on and on. It's, it's going to be a problem. It is going to be a problem this year in the National Football League. Two games, though, that I am really excited about. Actually, there are three games I'm I'm super excited about. Obviously, the Thursday night game with Dallas taking on Tampa. Anytime you start the NFL season, it's great. That's a tremendous matchup. Don't know about Prescott and his health. If Martin can't play it, it looks like he won't. And again, the reason why I'm leaving that slight door open is because the Cowboys did. To me... I think Tampa wins that game. I'm really curious to see Cleveland at Kansas City. And I really want to see the two Alabama quarterbacks, Tua against Jones with Miami uh, and New England. Because to me, those are going to be games that are great to watch. There's going to be a lot that we're going to learn about in those type of games. But it starts Thursday, Dallas and Tampa Bay from Florida. But the two games that I really want to keep an eye on are the ones that I just mentioned. Anita is joining me here on Listen Up. Hello, Anita. How are you?
2: Hey, Grant. I'm doing all right. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Anita, I hear you. Great. It's it's like you're sitting next to me. How are you?
2: (laughs) I am doing awesome. I'm on my drive home. Today was the first day back in the classroom. This is my 25th year of teaching and uh, you know like your brother it is um, a a labor of love it's a calling and it's just something that you you know you're you're called to do and so you go and you do it with joy and um, i'm excited this year for the school year i'm excited for football i'm excited for basketball it's just i'm just excited to be able to go to games again
0: Yeah, I think we all are. And by the way, that's so great that you're back in the classroom with the students. And I know how much you love that. And let's hope that we can get through this year without any issues and that we can move forward with some sense of normalcy in our life. I don't know if we'll ever be back to, you know, the normal that we had pre-pandemic, but it's good for you. I'm happy to hear that, Anita. I mean, I'm so happy to hear that. What a relief. I mean, this past year has been so hard for everybody, but I can't even imagine the role that moms and dads had to take with homeschooling their kids or they're doing, you know, Zoom and internet and everything. I mean, it had to be just a very uh, stressful year for a lot of people in the academic world.
2: It was a challenge. I mean, as a teacher, I had some kids last year in the classroom. I had some who preferred to have their kids Learn at home on Zoom. That was the biggest challenge I've ever had teaching. Was teaching with half the kids there, half at home. But you know, we got through it. And I think you know, with the parents and the teacher, you know, we teachers we work together, and we're just doing whatever we had to do. That you know, it was about the kids. I can you know, I can I can go with the flow, Grant. I'm adaptable. But for the kids, it was really hard. So for me, it was just you know doing what I could to help ease them through, um you know, the pandemic, you know, we're still in it and um but not having sports and having to do that is this no, if I have sports, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I need that as my release. I mean, that is, you know, it's, you know, and I'm excited and in fact, you just and you were mentioned in a game on Thursday. And now last year, now you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not one I to know to you are. Ones. <laughs> uh, we, asked, we were in the first division last year. Our division, you know, your Giants are in that one too. Yep. Horrible. Yep. So I just wanted to ask you, just to get a sports question in there, where do you see that division this year? Is it just as bad? Is it is it better? What do you
0: think? It's going to it's gonna be a little better if the main components stay healthy. I mean, Dallas got beat up by injuries last year, as did you know a lot of the other teams in the NFC East. To me, it's a two-team race. It's between Dallas and Washington. I actually am a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. I think he does very well. The reason why I'm putting Washington up there is I love their defense. And I think that defensively, they're going to give a lot of teams a problem. Giants are not going to be very good. Philadelphia is not going to be very good. You know, I don't know about Dak Prescott yet. I'm really curious to see how he looks on Thursday. You know, he's had a, a couple of, you know, the big injury last year, but then the shoulder in training camp. Uh, offensively, we know that Dallas has got a lot of weapons. Obviously, if Zach Martin can't play, that really hurts. The key with Dallas is not their offense. The key is defensively. They're really high on their draft pick Parsons, who had a great preseason. Uh, but to me, it comes down to Dallas and Washington. And Washington, uh, I believe if I've read this correctly, they play – Dallas twice in the last month of the season so I think those will be the games that decide the division
2: so I know with you know having you know having Zach out and everything and we got to go up against that Tampa Bay defense yep I just feel like they're gonna roll right through the O-line I don't know but and with and with Dak on you know I don't know how different sure. the leg is or not, then you got the shoulder issue so I'm concerned about that and um and, and all, you know, it's just, you don't know. And I remember you used to say, you don't know until around the third or fourth game. So
0: yep, don't get correct. too
2: excited if you start out 3-0 and and, you know, and don't feel completely defeated if, you know, if you're 1-2 you're or 2-1. Right. and one. So, um, that's right. but, you know, it's still good to talk to you, Grant. I'm going to let some other, I could talk to you all day. And I'm just so excited for you and everything that's happening for thank you. you. And just thank you for, uh, you know, for doing this. I
0: love it hey anita it is so great to hear your voice thank you very much you take care you too all right that's great i mean that's so fabulous hearing from anita if you want to come on just like anita just hit the uh hand icon and we'll get you right on that's what it's all about you know i missed so much i have missed people like anita and, and zach and to hear cameron talk about and and the support uh and everything else so this is a great app and i am so excited i am so pumped i've been waiting. For something like this, and I, I just I'm I'm grateful that so many are on right now on this app listening to me on my very first show. You know, I want this to become huge, where I've got you know a couple of thousand people joining me every day, and we're just going phone call after phone call or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm really into this. I'm 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 gonna make this work, and I can do it anywhere. You know, the technology is great, but right now I'm just sitting. Uh, here uh, in Miami, talking to you. Uh, I have been to Sacramento uh, quite often uh, to see my boys and my friends, and I want to say thank you. I, I don't know if I can say thank you enough, but when I go back to Sacramento, the second I walk off the airplane and through the airport, I just cannot thank the support that I have received. I mean, it's been... Uh, humbling. It's been um, it's been amazing. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. I was there in June uh, for a dear friend of mine's 40th birthday party, and I was there with their family. And this family has like become my family. And I was in the Sawyer Hotel, and I was waiting because I wasn't staying there for about an hour for everybody to get ready before we went to dinner. And I just can't I can't even begin to tell you what it was like to have so many people come up to me and talk to me and voice their support. So I just want to say thank you, Jerry. You are on Listen Up with Grant Napier. How are you, Jerry? Good, Grant.
3: Hey, uh, Good to have you back on. Really appreciate you being uh, doing live shows again.
0: Well, it's my pleasure, Jerry. Trust me.
3: Hey, listen, I just wanted to ask you one quick question about the Kings. I just wanted to get your yep. thoughts on, on the uh, Doug Christie hire. Um, personally, I thought it was kind of a Vivek move. Uh, they've been kind of having this habit of bringing guys from O2. I'm not sure if this was entirely Luke's decision.
0: What does O2 mean? What does that mean?
3: So, I mean, like, okay, so they Vivek brought in Vlade, Peja, um, uh, you know, and now Doug, right. so, I mean, it's just like trying to bring in the glory days from Oh two. And it, it just kind of seems like you're trying to do that to appease the fans. It's thick, thick and like, Oh yeah, Doug Christie, you know, we got a, a all defensive guy back in his prime. Hopefully you he could help the team in defense. I, I just don't know. Like, I'm not sure, you know, why we're bringing, you know, I've
0: guys been around, I was around, I was around Doug a lot and I think his basketball knowledge is very good. And I think he has the ability to be a very good teacher. So I don't have a I don't have a problem with the move at all. I mean, Doug's got a real passion for teaching basketball and his knowledge of the game uh, is extremely high. Uh, he, I think, will do a good job as an assistant working with the players. So here, here's the other deal, Jerry. You're not going to win or lose based on who your coaches are on the back row. And by the back row, I mean, there are so many coaches now, I think only three assistants are allowed to sit with the head coach and everyone else to sit in the back. And I don't mean to discredit those in the back because they're the hardest working people on your staff. So I don't mean it that way. But what I'm saying is that's not, gonna, that's not the reason why you win or lose. So, I mean, I, I don't want to make too much out of an assistant coach, but Doug wanted to do it. He's got a passion for it. And, you know, we'll see how it works
3: all right sounds good uh, hopefully it all works out thanks for taking my call
0: hey thank you it's my pleasure hey, if you want to come on just like jerry again hit the uh, app the uh, hand app and we'll get you you know right on again there are a lot of uh, coaches on teams and communication is a real important aspect when it comes to anything in life but particularly teaching you know i had sean salisbury Sean and I do a show on Tuesdays and Thursdays at one o'clock Pacific on no filter network. And I just did the show with him today and Sean runs, you know, quarterback camps and he teaches a lot of quarterbacks and we went over some of these same, same things. And in talking with Sean there, you know, the way you communicate to players is so important and the way you are able to take something and put it in the layman terms. There is never anyone better than that than coachy Pete Carrill. And I used to love sitting on the bench an hour and a half, two hours before games or after practice. And I would just sit next to coachy e, and I would just listen to him. And when I asked him a question, he was able to answer it succinctly in five, six, seven, eight words so that I could understand exactly what it was that he was trying to say, even if it was a complex thing, he could put it in the very basic terms. and I think that's why among other things, he's in the Hall of Fame. yeah, he coached at Princeton where you know from a cerebral point of view, you're dealing with you know some of the the smartest you know students on the planet, you know, in an Ivy League school like Princeton. but just because you're smart in math or history or science doesn't mean, you're smart on the basketball floor and that you understand the language and all the nuances of the game. You still need to be taught. And if you were able to speak clearly in terms of so that you're understood with the mechanics of what you're trying to say, you, you're going to be a lot more successful. So, I, you know, listen, I, I hope it works out. Uh, I, I really do. But you, you don't win and lose because of the seventh or eighth coach on your staff. All right. So I I don't want to make too much out of this. All right. I I really don't. Uh, Again, if you want to get on and we got some people that do want to get on, all you got to do is hit that icon at the bottom of your screen and it would be great to have you on. Nando is joining me. Nando, you are on with Grant Napier. How are you, sir? How's it going,
3: Grant? Thanks for taking my call. I just want to say I'm happy for you, man. This is just like the old days, you know, having you on the car, listening to you talk sports and I, i'm happy that there's a lot of feedback listening to a lot of people in here showing their support it's something that you deserve clearly you're great at what you do you know how i feel about you but i want to talk i want to ask a question quick here i i heard yep. you speaking earlier you said that keeping it on the kings here you said ben simmons sorry i had an alarm um you said you would, that's you okay said you would pull the trigger if it includes tyrese And now i want to know De'Aaron Fox, would he be on the table if you were in charge of it? Would is that would you consider that or would you hesitate right there? If it
0: was a straight I away- would I, I would thank you, buddy. And I appreciate the phone call. I would consider it. It would be on the table. Every single player on the Kings to me is on the table. The team hasn't made the playoffs in ions. This group has not made the playoffs. And I think De'Aaron Fox still has a chance to be a very special player. But I also will tell you that there are a few things about his game that concern me a little bit, not to a point where I'm losing sleep overnight. His inconsistency with the three ball makes me a little nervous, and the way he flies through the air and his body makes me nervous because he's a guy that is such a freak athlete and takes a lot of pounding and jumps so high in the air. And what happens when you jump high in the air? Eventually, you have to come down to the ground. And I worry about his ankles, his feet, and his knees with the style of play that we see from De'Aaron Fox. What I trade... De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons. I probably would not because I think that would be maybe too big of a gamble. But if there were other players in the deal, I might do it. Now, Nando, here's something else. I want to ask you, and I know that I you're not on with me anymore, but I know you're listening and I know you'll call back on another show. So I want you to think about this before you call back on another show here on Listen ListenApp, how is it that the Kings played so well in the last couple of weeks of the season without Aaron Fox? How is that? I mean, if he's the best player on the team, and he is, and he is the quarterback of the team, which he is, why is it that the Kings had such a pretty good stretch without him? something to think about nando something to think about ben simmons to me is such a different type of a player because we know he can't shoot he doesn't even try to shoot but he's been an all-star three years in a row because he does everything else really well and plays great defense so he's available he's only 25 he has three years left on his contract So if you're going to trade for a player that gives you three years to fix the problem, get some momentum, and make a player want to stay with you long term, that's how I look at that. So yes, Nando, I would consider it. I would consider it. Absolutely. I would consider all the moves that are out there if I'm Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings. All right, if you want to get on, just call me, hit that uh, app, the hand app or the hand icon, and we will get you right on. You know, I've had a couple of people saying that they were not able to call, but they wanted me to talk a little bit more, you know, about my podcast and my experiences and um, the experience of leaving an area that you've been at for 33 years is really difficult. The most difficult part though, was the circumstances that I left. And the other thing that has bothered me, and I've talked about this on my podcast, is Matt Barnes, five minutes after I put that tweet out, said that I was a closet racist. Well, if I'm a closet racist, Why was Matt Barnes coming on my radio show every week? Why did he play in my golf tournament and spend $7,500 at the auction at my golf tournament? And by the way, Matt reached out to me to play in the golf tournament because I had not invited him because this was before he had returned to Sacramento and he wasn't playing in Sacramento. And he reached out to me to play in my golf tournament to benefit the Future Foundation. Now, I can't walk in anyone else's shoes, but I'll just say, if I accuse somebody of being something bad, and in this case, a closet racist, why would I go on that person's radio show every week? And why would I ask that individual to play in his golf tournament? What does that say about Matt? I'm a closet racist? Okay. Has anybody had the nerve the 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 balls to ask Matt what he meant by that? How about Chris Weber who said that he's always told the kings about this with me? Well, why would why if that's the case, why did the kings keep on giving me multiple year contracts since 1988? Why? Could it possibly be that Chris is still upset? from the last conversation that we ever had, which, by the way, is available to you on YouTube, so you don't have to have me explain. You can just listen to it on your own. All you have to do is put in the search. Chris Weber responds to Grant Napier. And listen to that phone call where Chris and Reggie Miller and Cheryl Miller embarrassed themselves on national television two days after what at that point in time was the most important City Council meeting in the history of Sacramento sports. And Cheryl interviewing Mayor Kevin Johnson during the game said, what do you do now that the City Council voted against the new arena? And Kevin had to correct Cheryl Miller on live TV and go, no, no, no. They voted for it. And when they threw it back to the table, Reggie Miller said, once a politician, always a politician. And then Chris, who's got the number four jersey hanging over his head, while he's announcing the game on TNT, talks about the situation, and every single thing that he is saying is wrong. Had done no homework, had done no preparation leading up to the game, and wanted to talk about, to that point in time, the most important topic in the history of Sacramento sports. And they got it wrong. So my producer at the time, Jody Bacon, and you can ask Jody when you see her, I said, call up and get Chris on tomorrow and let him know, make sure he knows why he is coming on. After the phone call, I asked Jody, I said, did you tell Chris why he was coming on? She goes, yep, he knew. So when Chris came on the phone that day, the first thing I could tell within five seconds, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be trouble because I could tell Chris was not exactly sober. And I knew right away because I've been around Chris enough to know. And if you listen to the phone call, you'll be able to detect that as well. And it got to be a very contentious phone call. And Chris, like he always does, took no responsibility for anything because it's never his fault. He's never wrong. He's never been wrong in his entire life. So he turned it around and put it on me as if I were the bad guy for asking the question. Well, all I was doing was asking how everyone on TNT got the biggest story in Sacramento sports history, so wrong. Well, Chris can't handle that because he can't handle criticism. And he ended up yelling at me and he hung up on me. What was that, eight years ago? That's the last conversation that I ever had with Chris Weber. So is this Chris Weber's way of getting back to me? Well, I use common sense. What do you think? I'm a closet racist, right? Matt Barnes comes on my radio show every week and plays in my golf tournament. Could it be that Matt is pissed at me because I called him out for drinking Hennessy in the locker room in a game that was postponed in Philadelphia with DeMarcus Cousins? Could it be that Matt, who was later involved in a brawl at a New York City nightclub where he allegedly sucker punched a girl in the face, could be upset at me because I talked about it on the radio and talked about how embarrassing that was for the franchise? And how demarcus cousins was on the sidewalk not aware of being videoed on someone's phone and was bragging about what had just happened in the new york city nightclub including matt barnes has anybody ever stopped and asked themselves if matt barnes didn't make that comment because i was hard on him on the radio for those two incidents in particular one being the hennessy in the locker room and, the, and putting it out on Instagram. You know, I don't care if guys drink. They're 21 years old. Go ahead, do whatever the hell you want. But why are you broadcasting having Hennessy in the locker room when a game is being postponed? Like, why are you bragging about that? Why are you putting that out, out on social media? And then you're in New York, and you're at a nightclub, and you're involved in a brawl, and again, allegedly sucker-punching a female? And we know that Matt has no problem hitting women, just look at his record. Am I not gonna go on the radio the next day and talk about how awful that is and how embarrassing that is? Anyone that listens to me knows that, hey, guess what? I'm speaking the truth. That's the way it is. If you don't like it, don't listen to me. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be like a cupcake on the air because two Sacramento Kings players were involved in a ugly altercation And to Demarcus's credit, by the way, he was not. He was just there. Right? Why is that? Has anyone ever stopped? Anyone with any journalistic integrity? Anyone with any journalistic credibility? Anyone have the balls to call up Matt Barnes and ask him why he put that on Twitter? No. Has anybody had the balls? When Chris Webber comes back to Sacramento or to call him and go, hey, you put something pretty bad on Twitter about Grant. What did you mean by that? Has anyone ever called anyone from the Kings and said, hey, has Chris Webber really said that to you? Did Chris Webber really tell management that I've always been like that? Really? Huh. Very interesting. But those questions were never asked why is it why is it was that just an attack on me and how is it that within five minutes of me saying all lives matter every single one there's these tweets from matt and chris did they gang up on me was this plan did they know that's how i would react because they know how i am how is it that two people that don't follow me would be able to respond momentarily after that tweet has anybody ever asked those questions i have but they fall on deaf ears why is that is it because people don't want to admit what the truth is is it possible that we were in the height of an absolutely horrible time in this country because we had just watched a man be murdered on the streets in downtown Minneapolis, and there was rioting going on, and there was looting going on, and there was just venom and anger, which I understand, by the way. Was the venom and anger taken out on me because I said all lives matter, every single one, and because I had been critical in the past of these individuals, DeMarcus Cousins, matt barnes and chris weber was everyone in such a rage and so upset and so venomous that it didn't really matter who the victim was going to be they just needed a victim and i was the easy target and if that's the case you know what i can actually accept that and forgive because we were in a horrible 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 period in the history of this country there were riots and there were looting and there was destruction from coast to coast in almost every city in America. But was this their way of just making themselves feel better? Ha <laughs> ha, got ya. Was that what that was about? Ask yourself those questions. And when you get some answers to those questions, let me know because I would love to be able to chat with you about that. I really really would. And if you want to chat with me right now, just hit that hand icon and I'll get you right on. So for those that have not been able to talk to me today and have reached out via my social media platform, I hope that answers your question because I have now a 100% open forum where we can...